0: Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Carrie Schusler is a new friend of mine who I really admire. She's a kind soul who's always looking for ways to help others. But Carrie hit a few roadblocks along the way with her health, and that really got her to reflect on what it means to live her life in the midst of suffering. And now she's an advocate for celebrating all the things that may go unnoticed in our lives. Today, I talked to her about how she encounters God in her suffering, what inspired her to pour her heart into service, and how she started her podcast, I Choose Grit. Hello, Carrie. Hey. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. One of the things that I have really loved about, you know, just being able to hear you speak on your podcast, which I know that we're going to jump into in a little Mm -hmm. bit, is just how endearing your accent is. And I was wondering if you could, um, (laughs) I was wondering if you could start by introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about who you are and where you are right now.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I don't know if I've ever been told that I have an accent, but we are from different countries, so that makes sense. I, uh, yeah, Carrie, I am a social worker currently living in Milwaukee, downtown, although I'm actually currently in north of Milwaukee in a small town where my at my parents' house during all of this quarantine crazy stuff. But yeah, I live in community and I work at a food pantry and I have my master's in social work and I love being a social worker. And I also have a chronic illness, which is a big part of my story and played a big part in shaping me into who I am today and and really influenced a lot of what I'm passionate about. So.
0: And maybe for those who, who aren't familiar, Milwaukee, which state are we talking about?
1: Wisconsin.
0: Yes. So Midwest. Midwest. Yes, beautiful Midwest. <laughs> I would love to hear just about your, your faith journey. And I know that you, mm-hmm. you mentioned a little bit about mental health and, and whatnot, and also chronic pain, and just stuff that we'll talk mm-hmm. about as this podcast goes on. But I'd love to hear what your journey with Christ has been like.
1: Yeah. Uh, gosh, where to start? So I was raised Catholic in a Catholic family in a very small town. My parents are both super solid, strong believers. They both grew up Catholic and then they went through a phase of entering into the non denom world and then kind of both had a reversion. So I, growing up, I always felt like, like we were Catholic, but we weren't necessarily the celebrate every feast day, pray the rosary every night, kind of Catholic. family. Like we definitely went to mass every week and we did pray the rosary together, but I guess I didn't know a huge difference. My dad's always been very ecumenical. So that's a big part of who I am. But yeah, growing up, in terms of spirituality, and based on my experience, like being a Catholic was something that my family kind of did on our, our own. I had no, no sense of a faith community growing up at all. My siblings had a few friends that they shared that with, but our parish didn't have anything really for teens besides the necessary CCD classes. So it was kind of something I did on my own. I had a couple of Christian friends, but for sure... As a Catholic, I sort of thought that young people who wanted to be Catholic didn't exist. <laughs> then when I got to college, I think that's when my I started to really develop more of a daily prayer life and really question, like, why is this so important to me? It always was a priority, and I don't know why that is. There's just something in me that always felt drawn to love God in a lot of ways. My freshman year was when I really started to question, like, why Why do I care about this so much? And I really started to wrestle with the who am I in a lot of ways. I was, like, a pretty shy freshman and coming from a small town. Just growing up, I was homeschooled for a while. So even though I didn't go to a very good big school for undergrad, but I was still, like, just felt really lost and didn't know who I was. So I started to take that to prayer. And then that's really when I began to discover actually who I am in Christ and experience the love of God really, really personally and like slowly begin to define myself by that. And then my sophomore year of college is when my health crashed. So I do feel like the Lord is really preparing me in a lot of ways, like the end of my freshman year to the beginning of my sophomore year was just really, really loaded with grace. Like It was a lot of the happy feelings, you know, which I feel like God often is one way. God often makes his way into our heart and reels you in. It's like, who wouldn't love God? Like, I was just really on fire at that time. And then, yeah, I developed an illness my sophomore year, which is complicated, but essentially it was some sort of flu virus. Like, I had a lot of symptoms that appeared to be flu-like. I was really nauseous, and I was getting headaches once a week. And they slowly started to become more frequently, and then fatigue, and I had a fever, terrible acne everywhere. There's something going on, but we did a bunch of testing. And I started out on antibiotics for a while just for like a sinus infection or some sort of infection. And then I didn't totally get better. And basically that began many years of seeing a lot of doctors and experimenting with different treatments to try to get to the root of whatever it was. And it's still, yeah, I still really haven't gotten a clear answer in that. The theory is Lyme disease, which seems the most convincing. And a lot of doctors were sure of that, that I saw. There's a lot of debate over that. Basically, where I'm at now is that I have chronic migraines. So whatever it was my sophomore year, I got better in a lot of ways. Like I overcame a lot of the fatigue and the nausea and slowly regained a lot of functioning but I was left with uh, these daily headaches and migraines so that's the main thing that I'm dealing with now. I also have something called POTS syndrome which is definitely not as disabling for me for some people it is but I was at Mayo Clinic for a couple weeks and they diagnosed me with that there which is a an autonomic nervous system thing that causes some other complications Um, but yeah the main thing is the headaches and migraines now. Basically my faith life has a lot of it has been in my like young adult life because of my circumstances has been finding the Lord through suffering and learning to believe that there is purpose and believe that I can still come to know him through the mess <laughs> when right. my life was very different than I want it to be.
0: Certainly, when I hear the circumstances that you currently find yourself in and the way that your life has perhaps have taken a drastic turn from, like you say, like what you had seen for yourself. When was that first moment that you realized that there is grace and there is God in your suffering?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think it, it took a couple of years. The first couple of years I was sick, I was kind of in a position of waiting in some ways, and I still was very sure that I was going to get better at that point, which I think Anybody would think when you get an illness, usually it goes away eventually. So I was kind of just, I kind of put my life on hold, including my prayer life. I was just like, I don't know how to pray through this. I still, I didn't necessarily close my heart off towards the Lord, but I was just like, I'll get back to like figuring out what you want for my life and like living for you when I'm feeling better. And then I didn't get better. So I think there was a turning point about two years in when I realized, okay, this is becoming, this could be something that is more long-term. So I'm gonna have to figure out a way to live and like learn to love my life in the midst of this. So I, I do remember a distinct moment after a lot of things not working out, like the fourth semester when I had to drop all my classes or drop down to one class because I couldn't physically do it. I remember a moment when I was like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to try. And I literally, I was kind of putting him to the test because I remember saying, I'm going to try trusting you and, and believing that, that you are in this. There's a scripture verse in Philippians, which I should have the exact verse memorized. It's Philippians 3. It's towards the end. I think it's Philippians 3.14, which is essentially when Paul is saying, he goes through like all the things he's lost and he's saying, like, if anybody has anything to boast about, I have it. But I consider, like, all my losses as gains for the sake of knowing Christ. And that that really spoke to me in that season particularly. So it says, like, okay, that's when I really began to surrender it. Like, even if I become a total nobody living in my parents' basement while I'm trying to finish school, like, I'm going to trust that you are alive and I can still come to know you. And, like, knowing you is still better than... All those other things that I want to do.
0: Yeah, and and that is so beautiful too. Just because whether it's like the sufferings that I've had in my own life, and and definitely hearing the the grace that you were able to arise from just going through that. And I love that whole image of putting God to the test, right? As if He needs to be tested, and yet just how mm-hmm. you were able to grow through that. That's so beautiful.
1: He showed up surprise (laughs) (laughs) so true
0: now that you've come to have this I guess like this grace and of course like every day is a new challenge I'm sure um every day Mm -hmm. can still be difficult what are some things that keep you going especially during the tough days
1: yeah well first of all I think something I've really had to learn that has been super helpful for me has been like being okay with not being okay with it in a lot of ways like I think this is direct, directly related to learning to find the Lord in the mess, but just allowing myself to be frustrated and broken sometimes. Well, really taking time to grieve essentially is what it is. I think like that I don't have to be actually, I probably shouldn't be okay with the fact that I am in pain every day. You know, so like, it's okay to have frustration over it and, and be mad at God sometimes for it. Giving myself that freedom really helps In terms of like what sustains me, it really comes down to relationships. Obviously, it's really important for me to maintain consistent prayer, connection to the sacraments, but also community has been huge. Especially just having a few people who know where I'm at for some reason, even if they usually they can't do anything to really make me feel better. Having a few friends. So I've lived in community now for three and a half years in a house of women, different contexts, but at least having one or two or three or four roommates (laughs) for the past few years. And in the houses I've lived in, there's been a certain commitment among all of us where we've like intentionally wanted to live together and support each other. So just being honest with how I'm doing, it gives me grace if it's received well. I mean, obviously you have to have the right kind of friendship to do that. And I can't just like pour my soul out to a stranger I meet on the street, like you have to be very discerning about when to share and how much. But having people that know where I'm at, even if it's like a simple text being like from a coworker saying, I'm praying for you if I've had a bad day or honestly, the times that people have brought me food. Like if if I do share that I'm not doing well and someone's brought me, like my older sister has been good at that. We live in the same city. So like during grad school, she would just drop off. I love guacamole. So she would like buy me gu- little guacamole packets and drop them off. And I, I have a really like specific diet. So that's super helpful for me. And then also, service though, as well, like having something to pour into, which is kind of one reason I began my podcast and a blog. But also, I'm wrestling with how much I can work with my health. But I definitely have learned that I need some form of service where I'm focusing on caring for others because that is really that's why I'm a social worker because that's also really life-giving to me um to hear f- how other people are doing and even within like my roommates to walk with others through stuff is therapeutic to me as well.
0: Yeah, there are so many ways to go out and serve others and it's very inspiring to me to hear just how even despite the tough days that you have and the suffering that you're still willing to pour out of yourself into others and of course it's like you know social work in itself as a profession is definitely super challenging like I really applaud and (laughs) uh, give kudos to folks like yourself who are in that because I can imagine how difficult it can be sometimes as much Mm -hmm. as it is rewarding what inspired you to get into social work?
1: Yeah, it definitely is hard. I agree with that. <laughs> um, I picked it during undergrad. I like was kind of all over the place with majors during undergrad. So I started out as a nursing major my freshman year, and then, but even before I got sick, I realized I'm more drawn to like the emotional side of things. I didn't really want to put an IV in someone, although I totally respect nurses. I could never do a lot of what they do, but I just was like always wanting to hear more of like, well, how is this person like mentally handling this with whatever they're going through? So I dabbled with special education because I've always been drawn towards people with disabilities even before I got sick. But then I was like, I don't think I'm organized. I'm definitely not organized enough to be a teacher in terms of like, you just have to be so good at planning things ahead of time and sticking to a certain structure. And, I didn't do well with that. So I eventually landed in social work because especially like after my house crash in the midst of it, uh, I could do a variety of different things, but all of them kind of included that like drawing close to people and having an opportunity to develop relationships. And I, it's something I've been told my whole life is that I'm good at building therapeutic relationships and listening. And, and like that is, like I said, life-giving to me. So. It just seemed to fit, even though I wasn't like totally, I was like, I felt drawn towards working with people with disabilities. But then I was also developing this passion for people with chronic illness. I also just really like working with teens, I learned. So it just felt like a major where I could fit all of that in. The longer I've been a social worker and the more I got into my classes and such, I just became more convicted of just really suits me well. And the values in the profession, I mean, obviously there's like, Everybody interprets the values in their own way, but there are like core concepts that we are mandated as a social worker we're like expected to follow. We have a whole list of values that like when we become certified, this is what we're held accountable to, like service and honoring the human dignity of everyone we meet and self-determination, like allowing everybody we meet to be like in the driver's seat. Yeah, that can be interpreted in different ways. And like there are some environments where in the world of social work, I know that I could never work for a clinic that allows abortions. I would just struggle with that, but there's so much good in the environment I work in is somewhere I feel like I can I really can freely like combine social work on my faith and there's a lot of environments I think I could do that in. But yeah, it's just like a profession that is very much in line with who I am in terms of drawing close to the vulnerable. That's essentially what social work is all about. So.
0: And praise God for just being able to find a profession and an area to practice that profession where, uh, like you say, it's like your values are in line with the values of your practice and the, the group that you work with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In my specific work workplace, especially they definitely are, which is unique. I know.
0: Mm -hmm. And such a blessing. So I'm so happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. That's so wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, of course, aside from the daily work of doing social work, you have this podcast, I Choose Grit. And I wanted to really quickly just rewind it back to something that you said earlier about how you have to be very discerning. And I totally appreciate that, like, you know, being very discerning with how much to share, particularly with folks that you meet on the street. And I, I can recognize, and I kind of laughed to myself when I heard that, just because I would consider myself in that category in relationship to you. So, I want to say on behalf of myself and listeners, like, thank you for your vulnerability and thank you for starting this podcast. Hmm.
1: Thank you. Thank you for listening to it. Every time somebody tells me they are enjoying it or listening, like, you listen to my voice? Like, what? (laughs) Um, But thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Of course. Can you tell us what I Choose Grit is all about?
1: Yeah. So I started it. I mean, I kind of always... I've always had in the back of my mind, like the idea of starting a blog, I just really like writing. Mm -hmm. But like school was a lot to get through. So after I finished my master's, I felt like I had more time. So it started with just a blog called I Choose Grit. And it was really an attempt to, well, one, to connect to more of the chronic illness community online, but also just like provide a space for sharing things that I've learned through suffering and definitely sharing like the hard part, but also trying to instill hope in the midst of that and like giving a perspective of really providing a platform for people to see that you can still have a life of value even when your life is really challenging. Um, and that was something that was hard for me to find online. They're definitely out there but it was hard for me to find other accounts that showed in the chronic illness world I think especially while I was looking like accounts that showed the reality of being sick but also the beauty and like value and good that can still be in your life in the midst of that, which I think there's a lot of people that are much sicker out there. And sometimes that is your life. It's just illness. So I understand some of that, but I felt like there was a need for a space that's honest about suffering, but also has hope and can show the good in the midst of that. So that's how the blog started. And then I just, over time, I got good feedback about blog from my community and the Instagram account. And I guess just as I've grown older and gotten to know and plant roots in my community, there's just like a lot of people that have shared struggles they've been through with me and just good friends, even that I would see carrying like heavy things. And as I got to know them, learn about major obstacles they've overcome, but don't have a platform to share that with. So one of the main reasons to start the podcast was really just to like, it's an excuse to have conversations I want to have with people, anyways, about like how they've faced adversity. My initial desire was to like give honor to people within my own community and highlight struggles that they've been through and what helped them get through that. So that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. I'm still focusing more on my inner circle, my family and friends from home, and then friends from Milwaukee. But I do hope to grow. And I'm just curious to see how it'll expand outside of that as well.
0: I absolutely 100% agree with this kind of the excuse to have conversations, like you say, to just like give mm-hmm. a space for intentional conversation about just such important things. And I think that, you know, especially for any listeners who haven't had the opportunity to listen to I Choose Grit first and foremost, you need to go listen to it. And second mm-hmm. of all, I I love how you open up each episode, and totally paraphrasing here, but I love how you say that you know in our society we celebrate flashy things and right. success and whatnot. But what about these things? Maybe like we don't actively put on social media, wh- which is like you know suffering, mm-hmm. darkness, difficulty, struggle. Yeah. And as you've alluded to, like throughout our conversation, there is still so much beauty and grace that can come from that. And I love mm. the fact that you are providing a space and highlighting these stories that go unnoticed sometimes.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. Of course.
0: Now, given the context of this podcast here and, and thinking about the feminine genius and your own gifts and the ways in which you practice your own femininity and how you've seen yourself grow throughout that, how have you seen your own feminine genius grow?
1: I feel like that's something that grows, if I'm understanding the concept of feminine genius correctly, I feel like it's something that grows as you discover more of who you are and grow into who you are in Christ and and come to know yourself as genuinely loved just as you are. I think while having an illness in many ways is something I'm grateful for, it has kind of forced me to embrace and believe in who I am. Just for who I am and not what I can do because I have so many <laughs> weekends where I'm just a total bum while I was finishing school I used the weekends to try to not take a lot of medication because I had to take a lot while getting through the week and then I had to do homework and so I've basically had to let go I constantly have to let go of the concept of trying to keep up or be cool in any way and make peace with myself just because of like who I was created to be and Coming to know that, like that's truly what the Lord desires of us is to rest in, in who He is ultimately, and and oppose to doing things specifically for Him. With if we're missing that first step of first let, allowing Him to love us. So I would say, like my health has really played a role in teaching me that. As and then after undergrad. I did two years of service for the food pantry that I work at now. And that was just like two years of really, really intense community, which I'm still a part of after undergrad was the first time I experienced living in a house of five women committed to walking with each other so closely for the year. And then we had a group of guy interns as well. And it was just like this little unit that you spend your whole life with for a whole year. I did that for two years. So there's a lot of healing through that really began to discover the good that I can bring. And I guess, I think that's really where I discovered um, my potential for leadership. I always kind of felt a desire to lead at times, but like those years in community really affirmed you have something to bring to the table and you're respected, etc. So, I, well, since those two years I've included, I've made that kind of community a part of my life, even though I've moved on a little bit from being the missionary. So I think having that close inner circle is really what has empowered. Empowered is such a, a trendy word in the social work world. I'm trying to think of <laughs> a better word to use than that, but it's really like given me freedom to believe that I could do something like a podcast, and people will want to listen to it, and <laughs> it can bear fruit.
0: And I feel like that's such a perfect understanding of what the feminine genius is, right? It's like to as we grow, and I love your approach to it as well. It's just because it proves that it's something that is not static, just because we as people, we continue to grow throughout our experiences, the different encounters that we have with God or others around us. And the more that we develop our skills and hone those talents, we continue to grow and change and like you say, become more of who it is that God wants us to be.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So I guess finally, where can people find you and listen to your podcast?
1: Yeah, so I I do have a blog, which I try to keep updated with every episode and give a little shadow of what each episode is about. So as far as I know, I'm the only thing titled I Choose Grit in the entire world. Like I've tried Googling it and looked for other things called that. So honestly, if you just Google I Choose Grit, um, you should find me pretty easily. But com is my blog, and then my podcast is I Choose Grit, and it's available pretty much anywhere. You can listen to things, SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify, Google Podcasts, a few other ones. I have an Instagram account called I Choose Grit as well. That I try to keep updated on the podcast, but also just like some of my own life too, in terms of dealing with suffering. And that's connected to a Facebook page as well. So I try to keep all those updated. I'm totally not an Instagram junkie. I post like once a week, but I, all the social media gets a little bit annoying to me. So, <laughs> I, But I could I could definitely be doing better at that.
0: Oh Well, thank you again, Carrie. Like, I really appreciate your time today. And I'm sending you tons of love from Vancouver.
1: Thanks. Same to you. I'm sending you all the cheese and thoughts of cheese and dairy from Wisconsin <laughs> and beer.
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay. Take good care. Thanks for having me. Many thanks again to Carrie Schuessler for joining me on the podcast today please go and take a listen to her podcast, I Choose Grit, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can read more about her thoughts on Instagram at I Choose Grit and her blog, I choose And I challenge you to always choose grit the way Carrie does. For the Feminine Genius Podcast, you can listen to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts, And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. We'll talk to you next time. And God bless always.